BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am so happy that you are here. I missed you last week. We did not have a recording go up last week out of solidarity and respect for Black Lives Matter. And honestly, no one needed to hear my voice last week. Um, There were much more important things happening and voices to amplify and important movements that have been taking place. So I'm... I'm excited to be a part of the change and I want to just also pay my deepest respects and love to everyone who is fighting this fight and putting themselves out there and sharing their voice, being vulnerable um, for the lives lost. And I have a lot more to say, but I'm going to save it for a future episode once um once it feels more appropriate to speak on the subject, because right now I'm learning, I'm committed to learning, to making a lot of changes, to educating myself, um, to bringing more diverse voices on the podcast and making The Balanced Blonde a space for everyone that feels accessible and open and where we can have these deeper, vulnerable conversations about race and equality and justice and have conversations with people from all walks of life. So I will be sharing a lot more about that soon. I actually recorded a brief little solo episode about this that I decided to save for a later date when it just feels like a better time because right now I just want to focus on amplifying diverse voices within this community and also get my thoughts together before I do a whole bunch of reflection. As you know, I am a reflector through and through with human design, which if you don't know about human design, check out the previous episodes with Jenna Zoe. Um, And yeah, right now I fully recognize that me talking about what I'm learning about anti-racism is not going to be super helpful to anyone because there are educators for that. Um, We have some of them coming on the podcast soon and I'm excited to share more. So I just wanted to begin this episode by saying I, I love you all. I see you. I stand with you. I stand with 
our listeners that are from all walks of life, all races. I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and I am striving to do better and learn every single day and continue to be a voice um, that brings love and positivity and high vibrations and in a very accessible way. And I want to be the first to recognize that this podcast and the Balanced Blonde life has not always um, highlighted super accessible ways of life and veganism and spirituality and all the things. So I'm learning. There's so much more to come. Um, I'm really excited to highlight today's guest, Jasmine Leva, who I discovered last week in the flurry of amazing accounts being shared um, and documentaries being shared and all sorts of things. And a friend of mine, a fellow vegan food blogger, shared Jasmine's documentary on her stories. Her documentary is called The Invisible Vegan, which can be found on Amazon Prime and in multiple other places, which Jasmine shared about um, in the episode today, which you guys will hear. And The Invisible Vegan is a 90-minute documentary that explores the problem of unhealthy dietary patterns in the African-American community, talking basically about veganism in the African-American community, talking about health and wellness possibilities enabled with the plant-based life and lifestyle choices. So immediately after hearing about it, I watched the documentary Obviously, it spoke to me right away because as a voice in the vegan community and someone who's been a champion of the plant-based diet for a long time, I wanted to learn more. And when I watched the documentary, I realized there was so much to learn, so many mind-blowing moments shared by Jasmine talking about just how all of the prevalent documentaries in the plant-based community are largely made by white men or white women. There's a lot of white men making um, plant-based documentaries and all plant-based documentaries are amazing and illuminating and wonderful for the plant-based cause. And Jasmine wanted to come at it from a different angle, an important angle to talk about the plant-based life within Black communities and accessible food and food deserts and um, health problems that a lot of people experience, especially in the African-American community. So her documentary opened my eyes. I immediately reached out to her. She was super kind and she was like, yeah, I'll totally come on your podcast this week. So this one was a really fast turnaround and we met on, on Zoom for the first time. And she, I felt immediately like I had known her for a long time. She was just so kind and has such a loving spirit and shared about her documentary with us and about the plant-based life and things that she learned. We talked in the beginning about things going on in the world right now. And um, she shared some really beautiful experiences and painful experiences. And I just want to honor her for for sharing them and for also talking to me during this very delicate time and making herself available. So I'm excited to highlight her and 
and her voice today and amplify her voice and her documentary. So if you feel inclined and inspired to check out her Patreon account, which you can find at theinvisiblevegan.com, you can see different ways that you can support her and support future projects of hers that she's working on that she talks about in this episode. She's working on a documentary about eating disorders among people of color because she also brought to my attention that most um, documentaries about eating disorders are about skinny white girls and that's just not the representation um, that's needed or accurate because this is a problem for everybody. So that project is, um, is important and you can support her by checking out her Patreon and following her on The Invisible Vegan, tagging her when you listen to this episode, show her the TBB family love. Welcome her to our TBB fam. And yeah, I'm super excited for this episode. I also just want to invite all of you to share some of your favorite voices with me, people of color and otherwise. I also want to start highlighting more people in our community, the Balanced Blonde community, people who are doing cool stuff, creating stuff, brands, um, podcasts. I want to start highlighting more of your voices and amplify in the best way that I know how, which is here among our very powerful group of listeners. And I just wanted to thank everybody for the loving messages that you've sent my way during this time. And I'm, I'm, actively sending that love back out to you in every moment and striving to do better. And you can check out my blog post that I wrote last week for a little um, a little bit of my take on spirituality and taking action with everything going on right now. If you feel inspired to read more about that, and I really am like doing so much research about consciousness and escalating into a five-dimensional earth and entering this new earth and making our earth a better place for our future children and generations. So expect a lot of info on that to come soon. Today's episode is all about the Invisible Vegan Jasmine's documentary. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Before we dive into the episode, I want to thank our sponsor for the show, Four Sigmatic. First of all, I want you to know that you can use the code BLONDE at any time to get 15% off all Four Sigmatic products. Four Sigmatic is mushroom coffee. They are full of adaptogens, functional mushrooms, organic ingredients. They are scientifically proven to help you heal. I have been like off and on with caffeine for a long time. Many of you guys know this. I've lately started drinking caffeine again because Jonathan has me on this whole um, bribery basically to start waking up earlier, but it's working. And so I've been drinking coffee in the mornings and I always add Four Sigmatic into my coffee. You can also drink Four Sigmatic products without caffeine. Um, They have caffeine-free products or you can just drink their products on their own. I like to add it into my coffee for some added functionality. I like to add chaga into my coffee with a little bit of my latest is this like um, black sesame seed milk from 
whole foods. And then I add cinnamon and I use my frother and I add chaga into the cold brew and I use this coconut cold brew from the farmer's market and it's so good. So I highly recommend that. The chaga helps me feel alert, helps my body feel calm. I'm also really into ashwagandha, which has been a favorite adaptogen of mine for a long time. If you want to learn more about functional mushrooms, um, Four Sigmatic's site can teach you everything you need to know. We've also had Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic on the podcast to talk all about functional mushrooms, foraging mushrooms, um, the everyday magic of functional mushrooms and all that they are. And I'm just a big fan. Four Sigmatic has also expanded into protein powders and skincare. And you can shop by category. So I know a lot of us right now are focusing on our immunity. You can shop all of their immune boosting products. Chaga is actually one of the favorite immune boosting products. You can also shop my favorites by going to foursigmatic.com slash blonde, where you'll see a lot of my longtime favorite Four Sigmatic products. On there, you will see the Adaptogen Coffee that is my actual favorite of all of their products. And yeah, you can also shop by caffeine or no caffeine. There's so many wonderful options. Use that code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 15% off. Find your favorites, tag me on Instagram, stories when you try them, and enjoy. And now let's head into this episode with Jasmine. Jasmine, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about your documentary, your life, plant-based life and beyond. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm just sad that I didn't know about your documentary before this week because I checked it out. I've watched it twice now. I've learned so much. And being such a proponent of the plant-based lifestyle, I was kind of shocked at all that I had been blind to. But beyond talking about the documentary, first, I want to start with talking about you and asking you how you're doing. And it's been quite the week in uh, LA, America, history. So just talk to us. Tell us how you're doing. You know, I'm doing fine now, but earlier this week, that wasn't the case because they were, um, there was looting right outside of my apartment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like literally you walk outside and it's just like all these police officers had our block surrounded and, you know, it was sirens every 10 minutes. It was five helicopters just hovering. And that's what it was like in my home. So I was so tense and just emotionally hurt over what happened on top of that. But then, you know, I decided to, you know, I saw all this footage of people looting. I was seeing the looting outside of my um, door, but I also wanted to see, okay, what, what, what's the other side of this that I'm not seeing? So as a filmmaker, I'm like, okay, let me get my camera out, go downtown. And I found a, it was a large protest with thousands of people. And it was the most healing experience I had. And it kind of like, it nourished my soul to see so many people kind of come together and unite, even though it's because of a heinous reason. Right. 
Wow, that's beautiful. I'm so glad that you had that experience because that must have been... I can only imagine how tense it must have felt with the looting right outside of your home and on top of it, emotions are so high and like tragedies are happening left and right and it's a heavy time. It is, it is. So I'm glad that more people are, you know, it's it's great to see more people are getting it Mm -hmm. because as, you know, as a black woman, you feel like black issues, like that's my problem. Right. You know, when I'm at these protests and I see all these white, Asian, Armenian you know, Latin people like rooting for us and screaming and protesting for us. It's just like, wow, I feel like I'm a member of the human race now. Like, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. And also sad. Like, why does it even have to be that way? That it's that right now is like a time that you're feeling this when you should be able to feel this all the time. So got to make a change. And I'm really glad that you said that. So were you able to get that protest captured on camera? I was, I was. And it was, it was beautiful. Cause you know, that's the part that people don't always want to show. They want to show the drama. They want to show the conflict, but they don't want to show like the conflict is the, you know, that's the minority. You know, the majority of the people are there, are there in love. And then when people step out of line in the protest, you have all the peaceful protesters like, no, 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 stop. Do not mess this up. This is not what this is about. We're here to celebrate and fight for the lives that have been lost to systematic injustice. Wow. That gives me chills because it's so true that what we're shown in the media, like I think people are realizing more and more is so inaccurate for the most part. And it's such a dramatized situation of, of what's actually happening. And it really is true that there's so much peace within the protests going on right now. And I live in Brentwood. I'm not sure what neighborhood you're in, but there's um, peaceful protests happening here this week that have been so beautiful to witness and the love and unity. And there was a proposal yesterday uh, or two days ago amidst the protest. And how beautiful is that? Seriously gives me chills. So that's really, I'm glad that you're having that experience and Yeah, it's just, there aren't a lot of words. There's, we are at a very pivotal time in history. And I, yeah, how do you feel about that? Because I I would love to know. I I, I really think this is going to be a game changing moment, you know, because at first it, racism almost felt like because it wasn't blatant, because you weren't necessarily seeing someone being lynched. There were so many white people that thought, oh, you guys aren't suffering from racism. This is all in your head. So at least now, like the people who are benefiting from the system and the people that have power in this country, now they're speaking up. So I, it's my hope that, you know, their voices will help make change. (laughs) It's time for a change. I mean, yeah, I hate to admit my own ignorance in that I had never witnessed that type of cruelty until very recently with, you know, what we've all seen on camera. And it is, it's unspeakable. It's inhumane and there's gotta be a change. So I have a lot of hope and um, yeah, I mean, my own ignorance is like my own problem and it's something that I'm now changing because it's just not okay. So 
with all that said, I do think that there will be positive change and thank you for sharing how you're feeling and doing. And now I want to talk about your work and the beautiful work that you put into the world and your plant-based lifestyle. So what inspired you to go plant-based to begin with? Purely superficial reasons. Like in the film, I even talk about it. I saw this uh, lady and she was in her 60s. She had this amazing body. And I was just like, oh, I want to look like her. So I you know, asked her what her habits were. She said she eats plant-based. So of course, I'm like, I want that body. So I'm going to eat plant-based. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as I, um, as I was switching to a vegan diet, like I noticed a lot of my health problems started clearing up. You know, like the acne I complained about, my digestion was smoother. And I'm like, wait, there's more to this. So then I started reading, you know, like reading vegan books and watching vegan documentaries. And then I became inspired to continue with veganism for reasons that weren't cosmetic. Like, hey, you know, I'm contributing. I'm not contributing to the poor air quality. You know, I'm not contributing to animals being, you know, slain and tortured, you know, I'm doing something beautiful for my health. And it it puts me in a better spiritual place when I eat a certain way. I totally agree. So how long ago was that, that you made that switch? I, it was, it was over a long period of time. It was about 14 years ago that I first um, did like a whole vegan challenge. But for me, for when I actually stuck with it, I don't know, maybe like seven years ago, I think. That's a nice slow transition. I did something similar and I think it's helpful with like the longevity of this lifestyle to kind of, I mean, some people are like overnight vegan and that's awesome too. But yeah, I can relate to that slow, gradual transition for sure. And how did your family and the people in your life react when you said that you were going plant-based? You know, people treat it like it's a radical decision. And I I have, you know, people talk about, you know, the crazy vegan. And I've had the opposite experience where, you know, I'm just sitting at the table. Maybe I didn't grab a burger. And then someone asked me about it. I don't bring it up. And then as soon as I say, oh, I eat plant-based or I'm a vegan or whatever, then it becomes a big deal for them. But never... I haven't been met with a lot of hostility though. Like a right. lot of my friends and family, they joke about it. They're like, oh, you moved to LA and now now you're too Hollywood for our food. Or like, oh, now you've been around all these white people and now <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, there's that um, aspect of it. So that's why it was important for me to make a doc where I kind of explain my choices so people don't associate it with, oh, I'm trying to be white or I'm trying to be LA. It's like, right. no, I have very intentional reasons for why I eat the way I do. Totally. And where did you grow up? Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you you had been plant-based for all these years and then you made the documentary. So what inspired you to create the documentary and how did that kind of get off the ground? Well, I had worked on a docu-series. And so I I wasn't really that happy with the company that I was at. And I'm just like, wait... I should be doing things. I should be making projects for myself. I didn't come to Hollywood from DC just to work for someone else. So that happened. And then at the same time, I was becoming really um, inspired by all these vegan documentaries. But as a collective, I felt that they were failing at um, reaching other audiences. They were kind of all geared toward the same audience. Most of the messengers were like white males. And I'm just like, you know what? 
this is why people think veganism is a white thing. Look at how it's branded. Look at how it's marketed. Look at how these movies are put together. So I just decided to be the change I wanted to see and, and fill that void so people in my community could understand why eating plant-based might be a better alternative. And you called it, you named it the Invisible Vegan, which is a powerful name, really powerful name. Is that how you felt as a vegan? You know, I I was I was reading. There's a book, um, The Invisible Man, by Ralph Ellison, and in the beginning, oh, I love that book. Yeah, like in the intro, he talks about how he feels invisible in white spaces, but he also feels invisible in black spaces because he doesn't adhere to certain stereotypes. So I kind of felt, you know, as a black vegan, I kind of felt the same way. And then, yeah, like you said, it's just invisibility, invisibility, it just worked on like so many levels because even the choice of being vegan, like it's an invisible choice. Right, that's true. Yeah, that's really powerful. So how did you go about finding all these awesome voices to put in the documentary? Like you had some celebrities in the documentary and lots of different range of voices. Were those people that you knew or like people were volunteering to be in it? I want to know the whole process. Some of them, there were a few. There were a few people that I know because if you watch, you've seen the film, so you saw it through some of my friends in there. Um, two of the guys whose organization I mentioned, we went to high school together. So I knew them and everyone else. I just did my research. Like I knew I wanted to um, hit veganism from different angles. So I just got online and really looked into, okay, who, who can bring me home on, um, when it comes to racial theory, who can bring me home when we're talking about body image, who can help with, when we're talking about masculinity. So I kind of you know, found people I felt would fit into each of those categories. Yeah, that's perfect. And then you told a lot of your own story in the doc too, which was cool. So for people who haven't seen it yet, tell us a little bit about a little bit more about that. So in in the doc, I do I do share about my own story and I get very personal. I even go into, you know, at one point, uh, not to gross anyone out, but you know, I had I had hemorrhoids. I used to get like a lot of vaginal infections. My skin wasn't the clearest, my digestion wasn't the smoothest. And I'm honest about these things because I know even though it's not something that we like to talk about, a lot of people are suffering from these issues. So when they're watching docu and then when you talk about veganism in the main Mainstream, people don't always say things like that explicitly, even though these are explicit battles that people are having in the privacy of their homes. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, I just wanted to be very candid about um, everything that was happening as a result of switching to a plant-based diet. I love that. Something really powerful that you talked about. I mean, first of all, I've I've had hemorrhoids. I still have them. So like I know the pain. It's awful. Something else that you talked about was fibroids and how common they are in black women. And I have I've had I had a huge fibroid. I had to have surgery two summers ago. It was like one of the worst, hardest experiences of my life. No, it's all good. I just say, I just bring it up because I learned after having the fibroid and then I had some smaller ones too, how prevalent they are in African-American women. And I was wondering if you could speak to that and how the girl that you highlighted in the documentary had 22 fibroids. And I mean, 
her sharing her story was like really illuminating. And that was just a really fascinating part to watch. Yeah. And I included, again, things that women, things that a lot of people are battling with, but you don't necessarily hear it discussed as much as you should. And I had never even heard of fibroids until my friend told me about them. And I had another friend at the same time who was going through her own battle. And she would always tease me about my vegan food. But then she started, um, she adapted a plant-based diet. And she said that like she noticed she wasn't in pain. You know, like it took, I, I don't think it, you know, destroyed the fibroids, but it destroyed, but it calmed down the symptoms at least, you know? So mm-hmm. when she told me that and kind of learning about Erica's story and about how when, you know, she ate meat, like it sped up the growth of her um, fibroids. I'm like, see, this is, this is something important um, to a lot of women. This is something that needs to be in the stock. And yeah. she's actually creating her own, um, she's creating her own documentary called Red Alert. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm helping her with that project. And yeah, What's it's it about, about? Her battle. It's about her battle with fibroids and how like a lot of people, we don't, we don't talk about them in our community as much as we should considering the amount of people battling with that issue. Oh, for sure. What's her experience now? Are the fibroids shrinking? I mean, this is a topic I could go on forever because... I have had them. I know the pain. It's scary to be told as, you know, a woman who wants to have children that like that can interfere and it's a really serious issue. Well, I know she I know she wanted she wants to have children. You know, she would make an amazing mother. She has never been able to, I guess, get pregnant. And, you know, when she switched over, she was able to at least, I guess, bring a baby to term for the first time. The, the it didn't make it, you know, it didn't. She didn't make it to full, uh, I guess, the second trimester. But she was thankful to know, okay, at least I am able to get pregnant. You know, yeah. I mean, to know that that's possible is is right. huge. Well, I can't wait to watch her documentary. Yeah, me and too. I love that you're working on it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. All right, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode with Jasmine to talk about my favorite vegan protein bar. So since we are talking about plant-based diets and making them accessible and honestly just spreading the plant-based movement far and wide, I am so honored to be partnered with Go Macro, which is a fabulous vegan protein bar that's accessible and affordable. It is mother-daughter owned. They are based in a rural community and their mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle with products that have a positive effect on the world. So before we go any further, I want you to know that you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 30% off plus free shipping on gomacro.com, which is a huge deal. 30% off plus free shipping I would highly recommend trying their peanut butter chocolate chip, which is my personal favorite flavor. 
We put them in our wedding gift bags because we love them so much. Go Macro is made from simple, high-quality ingredients that are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. They have 15 different flavors. They're all delicious. They have some flavors that are nut-free for all of my nut-free friends that are also super delicious. They're all about advocacy for the animals, which I can totally get behind. And I'm just a fan of them in general. I'm a fan of their mission. Every single product I've tried of theirs has tasted delicious. So check them out. Tell me what your favorite flavor is. If and when you try, use that code BLONDE for a discount and support this fabulous mother-daughter-owned vegan mission-based company. Now let's get back into this episode with Jasmine. Something else you spoke about in The Invisible Vegan was soul food and like the concept of soul food. When people think of soul food, they think of like fried chicken and like non-vegan foods, but you really brought to light the fact that a lot of traditional soul food is plant-based. So if you could talk about that a little bit, that'd be awesome. Food in general has evolved so much, especially since food has been industrialized. So when people say like, oh, soul food, this is our culture. This is the delicacy we created during the times of slavery. It's like, no, it's not. Like we weren't, the the slaves, the black people from that time, they weren't eating macaroni and cheese out of a box, you know? And even if they were eating you know, they were eating fried chicken, but at the same time, they weren't sitting around at work all day. Like they were, they were out in the fields, they were working and they were preparing foods that would keep well because they didn't have access to a lot of other options. So like now I, you know, I don't, in my documentary, I don't want to bash soul food at all because I think it was necessary. It was a beautiful creation for that time. But we're in another time now. You know, we have access to healthier foods. We can we can literally give our children healthier lifespans. Why why would why would we not do that? You know? Right. Especially if there's a way to still make the food taste good. You can still make a version of macaroni and cheese that doesn't clog the arteries as much and cause as much inflammation as dairy does. You can still, as long as you know how to season food and you know favorite flavor profiles, you can make collard greens without putting bacon in it, you know? So it's just switching your mindset. Yeah, no, that's huge. Totally. And just even for like our parents' generation in general, I feel like that type of food was just so much more standard, you know, eating things out of a box and frying foods and, you know, trying to get them to eat healthier now is, is, something that we can bring to their life to help them be healthier and have longevity. So have your parents adopted at all or like your family members to eating more plant-based because of what they've learned from you? Yeah, yes and no. Like I have, you know, my family is from, especially my mother's side, like they're from the South. They're from North Carolina. So some of them, they're just not trying to hear Oh, I have to give up ham, chicken, and right. it's just you know they're just they're just like past the point where it's just like okay. So I respect I respect their choice, but for example, I have one of my cousins, 
he went vegan. He was inspired and he's super into health and fitness. So you can see where, you know, the lifestyle is treating him very well. And my mom, she's cute. She's not all the way vegan, but she's switching over. Like she, she's like, okay. So now she buys almond milk instead of regular milk. Or when she goes home, she'll have the little vegan cakes instead of the regular cakes. She eats way less meat than she used to. So she says she's transitioning slowly. So. I love that. That's inspiring. Kind of the same with my parents too. Like they've laid off of the like the heavy meat type of diet. Um, and they're drinking green juice and this kind of stuff. But like, it's slow. It's as slow as can be, the transition. And that's fine. Like I think incorporating more plant-based foods is the goal and not everyone is going to go vegan. And that's more than fine. Mm-hmm. And so, then my, they're, they're starting to make new recipes too, which I really like. Oh, that's know, a lot of times we get stuck on making those same foods. Mm-hmm. And, I'll call, and my mom will be like, oh, I'm making this new you know, vegan coleslaw and my aunt, you know, she'll tell me, okay, I'm trying to cook this asparagus. How, how are you supposed to prepare it? So I'm seeing where they're actively trying to be healthier. I love that. I love that so much. So what are some of your favorite vegan recipes? Oh, I make a really good lentil soup. When lentil soup is made correctly, it is amazing. So I'm big on lentil soup. Um, Yesterday, I had barbecue jackfruit. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good, easy to make. I love, I'm a salad girl, you know, something easy. I'm a smooth, smoothie girl. And I try if I can, you know, five vegetables, two fruits to get in all my serving. So I like salads and smoothies because then I could just throw a bunch of stuff in a blender and kind of hit goals that I need for the day for my health. Yeah, same. Those are a lot of my favorite foods. Also, I need your lentil soup recipe because that's my husband's like favorite meal. We definitely haven't mastered it yet. So got to get that recipe from you. Okay. Yeah. I can send it over. Yeah. And your husband is vegan, correct? For the most part, but he's, you know, he's kind of a scavenger. So it's a thing where if I'm not around, like he does not make his own food at all. Uh-huh. So say I go out of town for a while and he's left to get things on his own and he goes somewhere and all they have is, you know, something that might have meat or dairy in it. He will probably just eat that. Right. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense to me. That's how my husband was too up until this year. And then he made a pledge to go fully vegan just to kind of do like a year long challenge, which will definitely extend because he likes it, but he loves all the like alternatives, like the um, plant-based sausage and like plant-based burgers and stuff that has made it more possible for him, which I'm all about, even if it's Mm -hmm. not like the same for all these same health reasons that I'm into it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's fun to have him on this path. Yeah, and I and I've heard people um complain about you know vegan influencers who have a mate that isn't vegan. But for me, you know, I wasn't vegan when I met Kenny, and I never want to feel like I'm giving him some kind of ultimatum like you need just because I flipped the script, you need to do that too. It's just I, I don't think that would be a fair thing. I agree. I agree. I think 
We got to lead by example and they can make their own decisions. And Jonathan always says like, I'm not vegan because of you. I'm vegan because I made that choice. And I like hearing that because I think pushing any type of lifestyle on anyone is not the way to go. Um, So I totally respect that and feel you, but I'm sure he loves all the food that you make him. Oh yeah. Yeah. He loves it. And that's the thing. It's just like at the end of the day, so, you know, less animals are dying because I'm preparing pretty much all all of his food. It's just on the, if I go out of town or something, it's just like, well, who knows? Yeah. You're on your own. (laughs) Totally. So I saw with your documentary that it was turned down by Netflix, which I want to talk about why it's amazing. It needs to be available everywhere. Oh, thank you. So Netflix was going through a transition where they wanted to start creating a lot of their own content. So they were being very, I guess, uh, they were being picky about which third-party projects they put on their network. Mm, but was it, was there, did I see something like it was accepted to Netflix and then it was like not anymore? Or am I no. wrong? Netflix, okay. No, Netflix turned me down from jump but amazon prime on the other hand was a go so amazon and Tubi, which is a free um free streaming service and quelly tv which is a female black owned streaming service oh cool so do most of your um viewers come from amazon prime or from all of these places yeah definitely amazon prime yeah, I feel like that's that's a really good place to be found, to be seen. What's the response been like overall? Oh, overall, it's been extremely positive. And when I made it, it's so funny because when I made it, I had um, one, you know, a few of my white friends watch it. Like, are you offended by this? And I, I didn't know how it would resonate for other people, and they're just like, not calm down. Not at all. Nothing about this is offensive. And I didn't know that every, you know, like all types of people would embrace it the way they would. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. And first of all, nothing offensive about it. Like it's such an important perspective. And especially for those of us talking about the plant-based diet in the mainstream on social media, there's just so many aspects that are not talked about and that are not thought about. And you talk in the documentary about food deserts and areas that just don't have access to organic, healthy, plant-based food. And I think to highlight that is incredibly important. So can you talk about food deserts for people listening who might not know? So a food desert is a place where you don't have access to fresh, healthy foods. I forgot what the exact parameter is. It's something like maybe you don't have a grocery store within two miles. Or if you do have a grocery store, the produce produce section looks just broken and you're surrounded by nothing but fast food restaurants, kind of corner stores, liquor stores. And you know, when I watch other, when I watch some of the other documentaries, like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't jump on that point. Cause you have to think a lot of people in, a lot of people in the U.S. don't shop at Whole Foods, you know, or don't even shop at Trader Joe's, you know? So if you're saying become vegan, people want to eat something that's palatable. People want to eat something that's in their price range. And you have a lot of people who, you know, the way veganism is presented, like, oh, you can just replace your burgers for uh, Beyond Meat. 
But if you live, if you're on food stamps and you only get $50 a week for food for maybe you and your family, you can't spend $8 or however much Beyond Burgers cost. They're, they're pretty high. You can't spend $8 on two burgers if, say, you have a family of three or four. Even if you have a family of one or two, that might not be practical. Right. So they need to, you know, I think a lot of vegans need to do a better job of making sure that they are, you know, customizing the message to the group that they're uh, speaking to. Yeah. No, that was very eye-opening for me as someone who's always like, it's easy. Just swap it out. Just go to the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And I realized through watching your documentary, no, like it's not easy for everybody. And it was so important for me to learn to tailor the message and ultimately make this lifestyle more accessible to more people. So what would be your tips for people who are very strictly on a budget, who want to eat more plant-based? Like what should they buy? What should their grocery list look like for like a week? I would say one thing is so... I mean, this might sound crazy, but I was never a big bean person. But I was also buying canned beans. If you get beans um, by the bag, they're cheaper. It's not an expensive food at all. There's so many different types of beans. So you get variety. And if you season them yourself with, you know, kind of fresh garlic and, uh, you know, like fresh seasonings, it can taste so good. So I think beans are a staple. Something like rice, that's a staple. In the film, uh, Tracy McCorder points out, you can swap out, you know, white rice for brown rice, which is, you know, not, not super, you know, not super expensive if you're not uh, buying organic. Um, what else can you put in there? And you, when you go to the produce section, look for items that are on sale. So if you can't afford the mangoes that are $1.79 each, you know, most likely you might be able to afford the apples that you can get for like one or $2 a bag, depending on your grocery store. It might not be organic, but work with what you have. If you can only afford the inorganic, try, make sure you throw some vegetables in there. Stuff like a head of lettuce, you can get that for, you know, that can be like a dollar, a dollar fifty. Um, cauliflower, cabbage, you know, usually that produce isn't um, that, it's not that expensive. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and getting what's on sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good tip. Very, very good tips. I love beans. I could live <laughs> off of beans and rice. Okay, and I think they taste better when you make them yourself, when you buy them like dry in a bag and mm-hmm. soak them and add the spices and all that. Like it's so good. And then another thing is uh, cook in bulk because that's another barrier. A lot of times, like if you're switching to, if you're trying to become vegan, that means that you will have to learn how to cook. Now, for someone who has, for someone who say not working two jobs, that's fine. It's like learning a language, you know, but if you have a lot on your plate, just managing also how you cook food. So say you have an off day, if you can, like I used to designate Sunday as my cooking day and I would just cook a bunch of stuff in bulk, freeze half of it. So like during the week, I'm not doing as much cooking because I just don't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. And I can literally just pull already made meals out of the fridge and freezer for most of the week. That's such a good tip. Such a good tip because it's when we're in a bind with time that, it, that we just grab whatever to eat. So mm-hmm. planning ahead, preparing our meals, such good tips. 
plan it out. And especially now with COVID, um, I know people kind of, when it first happened, they just went to the grocery store and grabbed everything in a box that would keep. Yeah. But you want your immune system to be intact. So if your body encounters a virus, you can fight the virus you know, like your immune system is tough enough to fight the virus off. In order to build up your immune system, you have to eat fresh fruits, vegetables, you know, like whole whole foods. Yeah, it's so true. That is the truth in this wild time that we're living in. With everything going on in the last couple of weeks, I feel like I practically forgot about coronavirus. Do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, it was it was so funny because even when we went to the protest, one of my friends said that he's like, is corona still a thing? I'm just like, I guess not. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> taking a back seat, that's for sure. It's like we went from being terrified to be around people to being in these big groups and <laughs> twenty twenty thrown us for a loop. It it has. It has. And I and I can't take any more. Like I know when I got on the New York Times website and I saw, oh, a new case of Ebola. And I'm like, I, you know what? I can't. I can't do I know. <laughs> any new catastrophes. I Seriously. <laughs> we have hit the max. I know. And I think that's why like creating some boundaries with with consuming media and even social media right now is huge. It is. How have you been taking care of yourself and implementing self-care? Oh, so I got a treadmill. Gym shut down, but it's important to keep the blood flowing. I can't sit down all day. Totally. Um, That I've been pretty consistent with my yoga because since they closed the gym down, I've turned to Amazon Prime for all of their workout videos. Oh, nice. Never, yeah, and I never checked it out before. And they have some like, you know, vinyasana flows. And I'm like, okay, I love this. Yeah. So I've been doing that. I've been journaling in the morning and being really consistent about that. And it's been pretty healing. Like I've healed a few friendships <laughs> over yeah. the break. Did some deep reflecting. Like it's, um, my heart goes out to people who have been negatively affected by COVID. But for me personally, it was definitely a break that I needed. I needed the world to slow down. I needed a lot of the distractions to be gone. And I needed to just think about myself and reflect and change and grow. Me too. I'm really happy that you've had that experience. I have beyond felt the same way. Like the world slowing down has been such a personal gift and blessing. And like, All the things that you mentioned, like journaling and moving and yoga is so healing. So I love to hear that. And then before before all this happened, before we were in quarantine, what was your life like? Like, were you running around town doing a bunch of things? I was... Before, I was going to a lot of speaking engagements in different states and sometimes out of the country. So I was doing a lot of traveling. Um, I had a professorship on the horizon and what else? Yeah. I was just kind of moving with the inertia of life, but not reflecting on things that were going on in my life. Mm. So, so yeah, this was, this break was much needed for me and, and some people who complain about it. Now, if this situation legitimately, you know, 
really hit you hard financially or it hits your health. I understand. But some people are complaining where I'm just like, listen, have y'all read the diary of Anne Frank? Like this situation could be way (laughs) worse. All the government is asking you to sit at home. If you need to watch Netflix all day and collect free money and you know, like things could be worse. Mic drop. That's for sure. (laughs) No, I totally agree. So the speaking engagements, were they all for the documentary or for various things? Yeah. So now ever since I did The Invisible Vegan, I'm kind of, you know, a a figure in the space. So I go to a lot of different vegan events or health events, animal rights events. And when COVID happened, it kind of just put a stop to that. And I do virtual panels, but the awesome aspect is... Not popping right now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. For real. And then professorship, what was that for? Uh, screenwriting. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. At what school? Savannah College of Art and Design. Nice. That's amazing. So did you go to school for screenwriting? Yes, I got my master's degree in screenwriting. You did? That is mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I love that. I... <laughs> took a screenwriting class in college and I wanted to like either major in it or minor in it. I was an English major. So it wasn't too far off. Um, and I ended up like pursuing more playwriting and then fiction writing. And so I'm really like inspired by that. And it's such an art. It has such an art to it, screenwriting. And I love that you've got your master's in it. That's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it last year I did, um, I won a lot of screenwriting competitions. So it's not like I've sold some big screenplay, but I do like the fact that I've been able to put my work out there and it compete and, you know, and compete against thousands of people and yeah. have it, have it recognized. Even now, um, women in film, they did a competition where people had to put together two minute shorts. So me and my girl, of course we did one and we're in the top 20. They selected 200 initially. Now we're in the top 20. So on Tuesday, I'm going to win the competition. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Manifesting that. Wait, so next Tuesday, that's when the winner comes out? On Tuesday, yes. Oh my gosh, you have to update me. This mm-hmm. episode's coming out on Wednesday. So oh, perfect. you update on your Instagram or something, people listening can go check it out. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's talk about supplements, specifically vegan supplements. This is a episode where we're talking all about the plant-based life. And while I am a firm believer that we can get all of the nutrients we need, usually from a plant-based diet, some of us still need supplementation, especially women, especially women who are working on balancing their hormones or working on some kind of nutritional deficiency, which a lot of us go through at different times. So you can check out humnutrition.com to shop supplements. You can shop by vegan category or whatever category speaks to you. You can use the code SOUL, S-O-U-L, for 20% off all products on humnutrition.com. And if you're new to the supplement world and you're not really sure where to start or just doesn't really seem 
like your kind of thing, but you're interested in it, but you don't know what to what to buy or what to use, you can speak to a nutritionist on humnutrition.com. You can take a little three-minute quiz, which will match you with your most effective solution. And um, the nutritionist there can help you out and chat with you. They're amazing. I actually know two of them personally from just different parts of my life and am a huge fan of the fact that they offer this. I have a lot of different favorites when it comes to my Hum Nutrition products. Right now, I'm relying very heavily on the Mighty Night because I haven't been sleeping that great. There's a lot going on in the world. I need that extra boost of supplementation, CoQ10, valerian root, passion flower, um, different ingredients that are found in the Mighty Night. It also helps a lot with skin cell turnover. So it helps for cell renewal for your skin. It also promotes optimal sleep. It's vegan. Um, You can take it right before bed with or without food. Really easy. One of my favorite supplements that they offer. I'm also a huge fan and have been forever of their Big Chill helps the body cope with stress. Another thing that a lot of us need right now enhances your ability to stay calm and focused, clinically proven to help your body manage stress. It's full of adaptogens like rhodiola. And also you take this one with food. It's easy. It's great. It's gluten-free, non-GMO, sustainably sourced, pure and potent, all the things. So use that code SOUL, S-O-U-L, for 20% off. And now let's dive back into this episode with Jasmine. Yeah. So you're the invisible vegan on Instagram. You've definitely become an influencer. Was that be like was that happening before the documentary or that was all because of the movie it was because of the movie um i did a crowdfunder campaign to pay for the film so in the process before doing a crowdfunder campaign like i had to do a social media campaign to get my numbers up a little bit oh yeah Mm -hmm. cool and what do you think of the influencer life I if if I could go through life and not have to deal with social media at all, like I would be so 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 happy. Yeah, but it's definitely in my best interest as someone in the media to force myself to be a part of the space. Mm-hmm. I honestly, think the the comment section in, on social media is the worst thing to happen to humanity. Oh my god, I I agree. <laughs> Do you get mean comments? I get all, not, uh, yeah, I get bothered every now and then. Like I get bothersome comments, mm-hmm. you know, people are, people don't know how to uh, accept someone else's opinion without feeling like, oh, they need to come write some essay on my page. And I guess because I don't, I don't get that logic. Like if someone writes something on their page and it's their opinion, I don't need to force my opinion on them. I don't need to be an imperialist and say, no, but here's my opinion and you need to go with this. It's like, no, I can read it and accept it and just move on. But uh. I couldn't possibly agree more. (laughs) It is so wild to me that people feel the need to fight with strangers on the internet. Like that's a really big problem, I think, in our world. And if people could just be kinder on social media... I mean, that would help things along for sure. 
Yeah. And then even when people think they're being kind, like I might get a message where someone says like, you know, I like your documentary, but you should have researched this part more. And and in my head, I'm just like, well, one, this is an ass. Am I allowed to, I'm sorry. This oh is yeah, a, you can curse. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, this is an asshole message because you assumed that I didn't reach research right. topic. And then it's like, who does that? Like, I would never show up to your job and say, hey, if I were a banker, this is what I would do differently. I would do your job better than you. Wouldn't even do that. And You're if I sorry. thought, yeah, like, or I put, if you want to do a film review, fine, put that on your page. But people reach out to me, you know, personally in my DM, like we're friends. And I'm just like, what, what? Ah, social I don't, yeah. I don't get that logic either, honestly. Like what I always think, and I was literally thinking this today with some messages that people were sending me, like, why don't you start a podcast or why don't you start a blog? And you tell me how that goes. Tell me if you hit every point from every point of view and offend no one and, you know, speak your truth, but don't talk about yourself and like do all that. Cause that's what people are trying to put, you know on all of us, on me. (sighs) But best to just, you know, as someone in the public eye, like develop a thick skin and turn the other way because what else can you do? It's so hard, but trust me, I get it. And and it's funny. I think your documentary hits on so many things that other documentaries that are similar don't touch on. So I would give you the opposite review. I think that you. you touched on so many things that are so important and need to be shared. Thank you. I appreciate your opinion. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so what are you working on now? What's on the horizon? So I want to do a follow-up piece to The Invisible Vegan. Yay! I need to figure out how I'm going to get it funded. <laughs> um Yeah. So I'm working on a follow piece to The Invisible Vegan and another quarantine. I did a quarantine documentary. It was like a one minute doc on um, food disorders in communities of color. That's another issue. Like I've watched every film on eating disorders and I'm like, so you guys are under the impression that only very skinny, you know, affluent white women, um, battle with eating disorders because you never see it represented in any other context. Mm-hmm. So um, a few ladies, you know, a Mexican-American woman, another Indian-American woman, um, she shared, they shared their story and I created a little piece for that. So I want to make that into a longer project. Yes. That sounds so interesting and also like so on point for my community listening because something that we talk about, you know, eating disorders and it's so prevalent for every, for every woman and every person. I wouldn't even just say women. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so for pointing that out. I'm excited. So what's it called or does it have a name? It call, I called it More Than One Face. When I make it longer, I don't know if um, I'll use that title, but that was the title I used for this short. And it's on, because it it's only a minute long, but it's on, if you go to the Invisible Vegan, you can see it on there. Oh, cool. On Instagram. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is that something that you've ever experienced or not so much? You know, because I... I yeah, because... I don't think anyone ever taught me um, 
how to have a healthy relationship with food. It's just something you do, but it's not something you discuss. And yeah, when I was growing up, I always saw um, those movies about the anorexic white girls. And I saw, and I looked at it like, oh, well, that's not me. So I don't have an eating disorder. But in college, there was a period where I was binge eating and I wasn't throwing up because I knew what uh, bulimia was, but I would binge eat. It would make my stomach hurt really bad. And then I would OD on um, laxatives. So I had a a tough phase where I was doing that, but I didn't, again, because the association wasn't there. So I wasn't looking at it like, oh, I have an eating disorder, but looking back, yes. Yeah. That's so important to point out. I mean, I feel like we've all, what we hear about is like anorexia, bulimia, so much of the other stuff is cast aside. And I never even really considered the fact that there's not a whole lot of representation of people in the media with eating disorders that are not white, skinny girls. So, right. right. And even the price points of, and in a lot of those movies, you see the, the girls, they always go off to these kind of um, well structured residential programs. Right. And it's just like, oh, so if you're in a low income situation, you're not going to be able to cover those kind of programs. And you never hear them really even talk about cost. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got to do the longer um, (laughs) documentary because that information is so needed. So needed. And so interesting as well. Like important for people to learn about because everyone also knows someone or has a friend who's suffering. Like very important. Cool. I'll try to knock that out. Yeah. Once quarantine is over and I can, you know, we can all safely be around each other. <laughs> yeah. And when you can see people again. <laughs> right. Totally. I don't know so, what the new world order is going to be. I know. I don't know what the world is going to be like. <laughs> it's going to be so wild. Right. So something we talk about on this podcast too is spirituality and like spiritual journey? What is your um, experience with spirituality, if any? Wow. Okay. Um, What is my experience with spirituality? It's a very uncertain journey. I know when it comes to religion, a lot of people talk with uh, confidence that what they believe definitely happened. While I admire that conviction, I don't personally have it in my own life. It's almost like a thing where I, I I wasn't there when the earth started, so I don't know. But I am really drawn to Buddhism just because as a religion, it's it's very practical. I used to think, oh, you're just worshiping, you know, this guy with the belly. And then when I educated myself on it and, and really started learning the principles, I could relate to it. And just how in Buddhism you it focuses on kind of all aspects of life. You know, there's a certain way you're supposed to eat, which kind of aligns with the way I already eat. You know, it, there's a focus on, you know, kind of the the yogi aspect to it, where there's, you know, a way you're supposed to take care of your body and just, um, you know, how you're supposed to look in inward for answers instead of looking outward, you know, to the sky and how you just need to quiet your mind and um, and just practice more, you know, like stillness and and mindfulness. So I really admire that um, Christianity. 
I was raised in a household where my mother was Baptist and my dad was Catholic. So nothing was forced upon me, but I'm, you know, I'm reading the Bible now trying to get a better understanding of that religion since the majority of the country follows it. So it's just like, I have love for, I have love for all religions. I just, um, I don't always like what people take from religion. Cause I'm like, eh, that's not what Christ stood for. That's just some man-made rules that you're imposing on people, which isn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I love that. Yeah. Buddhism speaks to me as well. I mean, I have a lot to learn with it, but every time I do look into it, I'm like, Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And do you know anything about your astrology, like your sun rising and moon signs? I am. I'm an Aries. So mm-hmm. that feels pretty appropriate because I'm, I'm, I'm fiery, fiery and I'm on the cusp. So there's, I have a chill side too. So, so on the cusp of Taurus? No, of Pisces. Oh, so when's your birthday? March 22nd. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then my moon sign is a Leo. Oh, Leo moon. <laughs> I love that. And what about your rising? Do you know? I don't know my rising. I love, I love a Leo moon. I love, <laughs> I'm super into that stuff. My husband's a Leo with a Pisces moon. So you guys are almost like flip-flopped, but you're an Aries. Aries are awesome. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Fiery, get shit done, inspired. I love it. What's your sign? I'm a Libra. Libra. Oh, I love Libras. I love Libras. My mother's a Libra. One of my best friends is a Libra. Cool. So I get along with Libras. (laughs) Yeah. I think Libras and Aries definitely get along. Like we're quite opposite, but in a good way. Right. In a complimentary way. Yeah. For sure. You absorb us. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, So final question. This is the Soul on Fire podcast. So what would be your tips for everyone listening who are looking to live a soul on fire life? Um, If you want to live a soul on fire life, one, I would live with intention. You know, don't let your life just be you going along with the inertia of everything happening around you. Put deep thought into the choices you make because those choices reflect what kind of human being you are. And always think about, you know, how you can be the greatest you at all times. Like, don't show up to be mediocre. Don't go to work to be mediocre. Don't be a mediocre friend. Like approach everything with greatness and then you'll be, you know, whatever energy you put out, that's what you're going to attract. And I think that's a a soul on fire instead of a a soul that's kind of just drifting. I totally agree. That's beautiful. Thank Thank you. you for that. Well, everyone can check you out at The Invisible Vegan. And what else? Where else can they find you if they're looking for you? Or is that where you are everywhere? That is where I am. Um, We have a website, www.theinvisiblevegan.com. It is at The Invisible Vegan at Instagram. There's a Facebook and at Invisible Vegan without the the on Twitter. Love it. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. On we have uh we just created a Patreon account. 
So I want to use that in helping to fund the next, uh, the follow-up project. So if you yeah. can, please go to that um, and support, support, support. Yes, you guys, check it out. Support. That's an amazing way to support your message and the work you're putting out into the world. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what comes from you next. And when the world gets a little less crazy, I hope I can meet you in person and we can have some vegan food and and hang out. Oh, yeah. You can. You're over in Brentwood. So... You can, I don't go to the West side a lot, a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm in the Valley. Oh, so what part of the Valley? Cool, I'm in Van Nuys. Oh, okay. Nice. So yeah, we can uh, hit a West side restaurant. Yes. I also love, have you ever been to Sun Cafe on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, on your side of the, of, of the city. I love yeah. that restaurant. Yeah, I used to live in um, North Hollywood. So I would go there all the time. Yeah, it's literally the best. Like, it's one of the only things that I drive all the way that direction for. I get it. Do you get the kale shake? Yes. It's so good. And all the raw desserts are so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, we can go there. It'll be awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could definitely go there. I'm always down for some cafe. Me too. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited for everyone to check out The Invisible Vegan and see what's coming on the horizon from you. So thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for creating this positive platform and you know letting me be a part of your vision. I deeply appreciate it. And I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jasmine. I hope and know that your eyes were opened as mine have been by listening to her story. And The Invisible Vegan is definitely worth the watch on Amazon Prime or any of the other places that she mentioned in this episode. She's highlighting such important truths about the plant-based diet. And I know she's opened my eyes to the message that I want to share with my audience and on my platforms about the plant-based lifestyle and making it more accessible. And also just knowing that it's not this easy one and done. Like I'm definitely guilty of saying, okay, well, it's not that hard. All you have to do is swap over to Beyond Burgers or Tofu and all these kinds of things and shop at the farmer's market. And Jasmine pointed out so lovingly that that's not in the cards for everybody. And some people truly don't even live within several miles from a grocery store, let alone have access to organic food. So I have a lot to think about and a lot to learn and continue diving into about the plant-based lifestyle and honing my message differently um, to reach more people and also just like make this lifestyle accessible to all because that's that's ultimately what I want and I think it's the most important thing. So I'm super inspired by her. I'm going to follow her lead. I will be recommending The Invisible Vegan far and wide. Um, check out her Patreon like she mentioned at the end of this episode as a way to support her and her future projects. I really want that eating disorder project to come to life that she mentioned because that is needed. It's needed for everybody. It's needed for all of us. And I'm so thankful to Jasmine for coming on. 
I want to continue illuminating voices like Jasmine's that are different from my own and people who I'm just meeting and learning from. And I've for a long time only had people on the podcast who I know really well personally. So to have Jasmine on the show today and meet her for the first time over Zoom was like, was different for me. And I actually loved it. Like I've been telling myself for so long, oh, Jordan, you don't have the energy. You're so like, you're just healing from Lyme and just have people on that, you know, all this inner dialogue, but learning from somebody new to me is like awesome and something that I want to start doing so much more about or so much more of as well. So continue sending me all of your favorite people and I will continue seeking out all of the beautiful and diverse voices for the podcast and beyond. So thank you for being here. Thank you to Jasmine. Thank you to our sponsors for Sigmatic, Go Macro and Hum Nutrition, all of whom you can find links and discount codes for in the show notes. And lastly, join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would love, love, love your words. And I would love to thank you by sending you a free gift when you email me, jordan at thebalancelawn.com with your rating and review, I will send you my free yoga ebook as a gift um, to thank you for that and also just chat with you personally and thank you and also just wanted to send everybody a whole lot of love right now especially remind you to take care of your hearts your nervous systems your souls your spirits there's a lot going on right now and the best thing we can do is show up for one another show each other love unity um, and positive vibes, just like Jasmine said in the beautiful closing statement about living a soul on fire life. So soul on fire love to everybody. We will be back next week and I cannot wait to talk more. I love you guys. Mwah. Talk soon.